What's up, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the Round 6 Podcast. We are your hosts, Keaton Cordell and Jake Smith, coming to you from Fort Worth, Texas and Denver, Colorado. What a week we've got this week. You guessed it. It's another lackluster week, but we still got a lot of bets. It's going to be a lot of fun. Last week was a lot of fun. The bets were all right. They, you know, they did fine. We hit some bets. We lost on some bets. Uh, obviously, you know, you hate to see it at the top of the card. Calvin Cater kind of blowing out his knee against Arnold Allen, but we were on Arnold Allen there, so both of our bets hit on that fight. So you can't be too mad about it. You just hate to see it for Calvin Cater. But moving on into this week, we've got another UFC fight night from the Apex in Las Vegas this Saturday. It's going to be Marina Rodriguez and Amanda Lemos at the top of the card. Moving on down, we've got Neil Magny and Daniel Rodriguez, a fight that I think makes all the sense in the world and I think could be uh, probably one of the better fights of the night, if you ask me. But... The card's kind of sprinkled in with some good fights, some not-so-great fights, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun with our bets anyway. Jake, before we get into our bets here on a little bit of a short episode for the Round 6 pod, um, what are you looking for this week? Who do you think is going to stand out? What fights stand out to you? And, and, you know, when we kind of come up on this Saturday, you know, what are you hoping to see from anyone that's on the card this weekend? Yeah, definitely a couple things. Uh, I mean, this card was not supposed to be a lackluster card. We were supposed to get Bryce Mitchell back. I'm not exactly sure when he's rescheduled to fight. I'm pretty sure. Who, do you know who he's fighting? Who he accepted to fight against? Uh, it was so it was rumored to be Ilya. I don't know if he it is. accepted yes. the fight. Yeah. Nope. It ended up being booked. I'm pretty sure. I think he's yeah. fighting Ilya. I'm not sure when, but yeah, we'll get that eventually. But looking at this card, I mean, I'm gonna butcher his name right off the bat, but Tagir Ulanbekov. If we're looking, that was back, pretty good. That was pretty good. I think that was good. That was pretty but good. If we're looking back two weeks ago, we saw his camp go three and zero at UFC 280. You know they were prepped. You know the whole team was ready. He was a big part of that fight camp, as well as them prepping him for this fight. Like the camps blend together, and he's just two weeks extra for his fight. So I'm I'm looking to see him come out and put on a show. Um, Mark Madsen, the former Olympian, he is coming in at a heavy dog. He's a guy I love to watch. He is fighting Grant Dawson, who, I mean, that's a that's a tough outing for anyone sitting at 18-1. But I, I kind of like the old Olympian at 12-0. We'll see what he can do. Um, it's kind of ready for this card. It's a pretty good card. For, like, Could have been better, but it's still a pretty good card. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. A little lackluster, but if you're a big UFC fan like the two of us are, obviously there's still a lot to look forward to. Um, I, I really am hoping that Jin Yu Fry has a good outing this weekend. Obviously, uh, the owner and proprietor of Fry MMA in Fort Worth, Texas, where both of us are from and I currently live. Um, for those of the you know our people that are around the Fort Worth area, obviously used to be Southside Muay Thai, 
uh, one of the the good Muay Thai gyms in the area, and then they've transformed it into Fry MMA. Um, still a great gym. So you know, for both of us, I think we always root for the Fort Worth fighters. But you know, with Jenny Fry coming in there, owning a gym in Fort Worth, hoping that Fort Worth the eight one seven represents. So I'm really looking forward to that one as well. Uh, and then, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. That Mark Madsen and Grant Dawson fight, I think, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I really like Mark Madsen, too, even though um, he's a pretty heavy underdog. But for us on the betting line, that could be really fruitful. And then th- this Neil Magny and Daniel Rodriguez fight is really interesting. It makes a lot of sense to me because um, Neil Magny is one of those guys that seems to always derail people's hype trains. Not to say that Daniel Rodriguez is you know, coming in on just a whirlwind of hype by any means. But Neil Magny's yeah. one of those guys that's just consistently at, at, you know, the exact spot that he's at in the division, kind of looking to get into the top 10, but he can never break through um, and really make positive strides. He's just one of those guys that's always right there. He's hard to put away. Um, his striking's pretty good. He's super long. So if you get him on the ground, you got to worry about, um, you know, triangles and some of the chokes that come with the length that he possesses. And then Daniel Rodriguez is just a brawler, man. Like, he's as tough as they come. He looks like a dude that just got out of prison, but um, by all accounts, he's just an absolutely great guy. Mm -hmm. So uh, either way that fight goes, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Hoping it goes to a decision, and we'll get to that here in just a moment. Um, But without further ado, I I think we hop right into these picks here. I'm looking forward to everything we put together this week. Mm -hmm. So to get us going here, as we always do, let's go for the picks of the week. So to get us started... Top of the card, we've got Marina Rodriguez and Amanda Lemos under four and a half rounds at minus 135. I like this pick a lot because Marina Rodriguez is a finisher. Her kickboxing is just spectacular. I think she possesses a lot of weapons on the feet that could finish this fight. And then Amanda Lemos has got a lot of power. Amanda Lemos almost kind of in a different way, but has some similar attributes to like a Jessica Andrade, right? Like she's a shorter fighter, but she really sits down on all of her punches. She has a lot of power. Um, and, and she's just kind of one of those girls that that has a lot of power for her size. And um, I think either way this fight shakes out, there's going to be a finish. And I mm-hmm. would, you know, it stands to reason that it's probably going to be uh, within the first four and a half rounds. So for that reason, I think that's a great pick for us. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm looking to see Rodriguez make a statement here. I think she's – it went away from a title shot. I think she's going to be the one coming out hot. A lot of people are riding on Lamos, especially with her heavy underdog line, but this is Rodriguez's coming out party, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, moving on down the on the pick set, we got Jinyu Fry, the Fort Worth girl, coming in next with her money line at plus 125. In my opinion, I just don't think this line is accurate because Fry is coming off of a loss – which I don't believe was a loss. I remember having Fry in that fight, being fairly confident that she was going to come out with the win, and she lost a split decision to Vanessa Demopoulos. But had she have won that fight, she would now be on a three-fight win streak, making some pretty good strides in the division. So I'm looking at Fry to come out again and get a win. At dog money, I love the pick. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point there too. I didn't even think about the fact that she just fought Vanessa Demopoulos in her last fight. And I remember watching that fight, too, and you're absolutely right. I definitely think that that absolutely could have gone in her favor. So uh, another reason that I didn't even think about that makes this an even better pick for us at plus 125. Keeping the plus money theme alive, though, moving on down, we've got Mark Madsen's money line. We kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Former Olympian out of Denmark. uh, Brings a lot to the table from a wrestling perspective. I think that he always presses the action. Heavy pressure type guy. 
And I think this is a favorable matchup for him because Grant Dawson, his opponent, uh, is is predominantly a striker, right? And he possesses all the tools that he needs to win this fight. But the best way to neutralize striking is to get in close on your opponent. Uh, and oftentimes in a pure wrestler versus striker matchup, we see the wrestler get the win, you know, quite often. So I think Mark Madsen's a great pick here, seasoned vet when it comes to wrestling and, and is really doing a lot of good for himself in the UFC. And I think he's undefeated actually still too. So looking to stay undefeated on Saturday. 12 and out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then moving on down, not even going to say his last name. Yeah, I'll try it. Shai Elon versus Derek Minner. We're taking the under two and a half at minus 140. Both of these guys are finishers. You got Shai Elon, the Wolverine, we'll call him. <laughs> That's you better, got, yeah. He's got, yeah, he's got, it's 38 wins, 18 of them by knockout, 10 by submission. So 28 of his 38 wins have been inside the distance. Not to mention, that is a shitload of fights like <laughs> this man already has. And then we look at Derek Minner. He has 26 wins, one knockout. So you're like, oh, what? 22 submissions. If this guy gets you to the ground, he's, he's more than likely going to finish you. And then I'm looking at who he fights out of. Glory MMA and fitness. He's a James Krause guy. If he gets you to the ground with four minutes in a round, having James Krause in your corner yelling at you as well, he's going to get a finish. So taking this one at under two and a half, I absolutely love like I said, they're both finishers. It's tough to pick one or the other. That's why we're taking the round. I know Keaton likes the Wolverine. For me, if you're a James Krause guy, I'm betting you every single time. Do what you want here, but take the under. Yeah, you bring up a really good point about James Krause. I didn't even think about the gym that Minner fights out of. And completely not betting related, but just a fun fact, since you didn't even want to touch his name, uh, Shylon is actually his first name. And I didn't put his last name on there because his last name oh didn't fit on the graphic. <laughs> so you thought if you thought Shylon was the hardest part of that name to pronounce, you are sorely mistaken. Not even close. <laughs> it didn't fit on the graphic. I had to put the first name, but that's neither here nor there. That just speaks to my inexperience and lack of talent in graphic design. But if you're a graphic designer out there, hit me up. We've already got a couple good guys that are on our in our corner, so. Uh, but again, that's neither here nor there. Moving on down with the picks. We got Johnny Munoz by decision at plus 140. If y'all are noticing a theme here, we're really heavy on the plus money this week. So uh, a little to lose, a whole lot to gain for the round six podcast faithful. Love to see that every single week. Who doesn't love plus money? I think Johnny Munoz by decision just makes a lot of sense here for a lot of reasons. Jake, you might be able to speak to uh, a little bit more of Johnny Munoz's attributes than myself, just because I'm not too well versed in his uh, career. But I remember I was talking about this pick earlier, and we both felt pretty confident uh, with Johnny Munoz and uh, Jake. I, I don't know. There, you might have some some more insight into that one than I do. It's it's kind of a yeah, he's, right now. He fights out of a jiu-jitsu gym. He's another one of those guys that's just an absolute ace on the ground. 11 wins, 7 by submission. And he's fighting Ludovic, showing, you know, whatever. He's fighting that's right, Ludovic, yeah. The guy off the Ultimate Fighter who he was a national wrestler if i mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken correct yeah he was a national wrestler so he's more than likely gonna have some pretty solid submission defense but this is more than likely also going to go to the ground where i know for me i would say jiu-jitsu ace is gonna have you know a little bit of the upper hand which we didn't see i guess last week or two weeks ago with Oliveira. but this is just a completely different case this is not a sambo guy coming in there and then if it stays on the feet I mean, he does still have some knockouts to his credit. He still does have two knockouts, and he has rarely been finished. So 
Yeah, I love Johnny Munoz as a pick here, especially by decision. Ludovic, you saw in the Ultimate Fighter, was impossible to put away. He's going to be able to put you to the ground, but Johnny Munoz is going to be able to fly all around him on the ground, in my opinion. Yep, yeah, I see eye to eye with all that. And before we move on, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up an extra special Round 6 podcast bonus pick of the week for the 10th episode. It's only right to give... Uh, all of the fans out there, a bonus birthday present for the 10th birthday of the Round 6 podcast. But this guy over here to my right fights on Saturday and fights win in Denver, Colorado, opening up as a minus 155 favorite against a current MMA fighter. Give it up for Jake Smith, the Round 6 podcast very own. So you can go bet Jake this weekend, too. Uh, so that's our extra special bonus pick of the week. So we got six this week, Appreciate even though they're not all in the UFC. So, Jake, proud of you, brother. Go out there and kill it. And uh, let's some make mark. some money for all of us. I don't know. Do the does the uh, <laughs> does the UFC, uh, you know, new CBA not allowing fighters to bet on their own fights apply to fight to win? How does that work? Can you go in and I can, yourself? I can bet on myself all I want. There you go. I love to <laughs> see it. I love to see it as you I'm should my, too, right? Yeah, I'm putting my rent on it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Fight on, you know? Yeah, no doubt. All right, just had to throw that one out there. We would uh, not feel right about ourselves if we didn't throw you in as a pick of the week. And now you can say that you've made a pick of the week. I never will, but it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Who knows? But that's neither here nor there about myself because I am terrible at jujitsu. Not really. It's a lot of fun, but just not that good. Anyway, moving on to the hammer of the week. We're taking our guys, Neil Magny and Daniel Rodriguez. We're going the fight to go the distance. So um, we're going decision here. Obviously, you can always pick. Magni by decision or Rodriguez by decision, if you feel confident about either one of those guys. But we're riding up straight up fight to go the distance at minus 190. Obviously, a little bit of a heavy favorite here. Kind of our rule of thumb with the hammer of the week is that it's not going to be over a two to one favorite. But this is a pick of mine that I kind of looked at super early. And Jake, you and I went back and forth about this one a considerable amount. This is just a pick that I feel really good about this week, and I'm hoping that me saying this does not become a reel on our Instagram when one of them wins in four seconds, but uh, I think that this is a pick that makes all the sense in the world to me, right? So Magny's one of those guys that's really hard to put away, um, even though you brought up a good point. He did get put away in his last fight, but that was against Shavkat Rachmanov, who is just a generational talent, um, so you can't really look at that one, but... Uh, Magny's tough to put away. He's super durable, as is uh, Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez just went the distance with Li Jing Liang. A lot of people thought that he won that fight, even though he kind of, you know, well, did he actually? Wait, let me let me walk that back. Did he win that fight? And Li should have won, won the fight, I believe. And everyone thought the Leech won the fight. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So Daniel Rodriguez, he wanted to come, eventually run it back with the Leech because everybody was yep. giving him a bunch of shit for winning the fight. It's like, come on, it's not his yeah, fault. Yeah. Won. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, so Daniel Rodriguez coming off of kind of a controversial win, but a win nonetheless. Um, and he just went the distance with one of the toughest guys in the division from a striking perspective. So I really like that pick. Jake, I know it wasn't necessarily one that um, you were too hot on, but I really feel good about this one. I don't know why, but I just do. It wasn't that I didn't feel too hot on it. It was just, I don't know who's going to win. I wanted to pick one of the guys. Sure. I, I, I really can't. Every time I think, okay, D-Rod by decision, that's the pick. Then I'm like, eh, Magny's tough. Yeah, Magny's a tough cat, man. He's mm-hmm. he's something special. And, and like I said earlier, he's just always right there. He's one of those guys that, um, for some fighters in the welterweight division, almost seems to be like a brick wall, right? Like you can have a yep. guy just breaking on the scene, 
He's doing everything he has to do to try to break into the top 10, and then they match him up with Neil Magny at like 11, 12, 13, and Magny just completely derails the hype train. So I think both of these guys are good fighters. I think this fight stands – there's a lot to – a lot to be desired in looking for this fight. So I'm looking forward to this one. But moving on, Jake, I'll let you introduce our dog of the week. She's someone that you train with up in Denver, Colorado. Uh, and we've been looking forward to her fighting for quite some time now. So I'm glad we're finally getting mm-hmm. to see her. Jake, if you want to walk us through the dog of the week. Yeah, this is a no-brainer in my opinion. Miranda Maverick, she's sitting right now at minus 675 as her money line. So just about a seven to one favorite or one to seven, whatever, however you do that. But she's at a massive favorite right now. And we're looking to take her inside the distance by KO or submission at plus 125. She's fought Shawnee Young before. They fought Invicta about three years ago. Miranda put her away in about a minute. And then when you look at Shauna's record, she's one and three in the UFC. She tends to, in most of her fights, be taken down at will multiple times. She's been ground and pound put away. She's been submitted to be put away. She's fighting Miranda again. I do not see like a different outcome happening than her like the fight. I don't see a different outcome happening than what happened in the first fight. And not to mention Miranda's just an absolute animal. She is a savage on the ground. Like I personally think she's getting the sub. But we're gonna throw that t- uh, KO in there because I mean the ground and pound happens easily. But Miranda's a savage. She she's gonna get the finish easily in my opinion. If you want to take this in round one, I'd be happy to. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with all of that. And uh, I think what's cool about Miranda Maverick is she's one of those fighters that, um, unlike some of the female fighters that come up and, and everyone says they're the next big thing, Miranda Maverick seems to be one of those people that is just super consistent, right? She just always goes in there, does what she has to do, uh, is consistently on weight, unlike some female fighters in the UFC that are no longer in the UFC, but that's, again, neither here nor there. Uh, but Miranda Maverick's a, one of my favorite female fighters that's kind of up and coming uh, to watch just because she's she's entertaining. You know, like like yeah. you said, she's she's a finisher. Um, and I would tend to believe that part of the reason that the line is so heavily in her favor as it is right now, like you said, almost a seven to one favorite um, is because of that last fight. Like these two women have history. They fought each other. Miranda obviously coming out on the right side of that. Um, so one's got to think that that plays into it. But a healthy dose of that is also just because Miranda Maverick is is a really solid, incredible fighter. So uh, I, I mean, think that's a solid thing. I was going to say, she tends to be one of those, I mean, not Valentina level, but she tends to be a heavily inflated favorite almost mm-hmm. every time she comes out. Even against Aaron Blanchfield, which she, I mean, I remember she got, yeah, that, like that was one decision I would not say would be iffy. She, she got beat by Aaron Blanchfield. And I remember she was like a four to one favorite in that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, other than that loss, that split decision to Macy Barber should not have been a split decision. That's another yep. one. It's like, what are you looking at? Like Miranda won that fight easily. Yeah. Well, and, and it's kind of like, you know, you and I were, or, or I think uh, one of us mentioned that, um, you know, with the Neil Magny loss to Shavkat Rachmanov, like you almost can't count that as a loss. It's a loss on paper, but uh, Shavkat's just one of those guys that's an absolute savage uh, and, and seems to be uh, close to being widely considered as one of the best in the world in his division. Mm-hmm. But I also feel the same way about Aaron Blanchfield, right? Like Aaron Blanchfield is a fighter that I've been high on for quite some time now. She's super young. 
uh, and, and has so much growing to do, but she's already phenomenal. Um, so when you look at Miranda Mavericks, you know, recent history in her fights, like you said, the, um, the only losses against Aaron Blanchfield, but Aaron Blanchfield's a savage man. She's so good. So Miranda Maverick, no, uh, no reason to hang her head over that one. It's not like one of those fights where, um, you know, she's supposed to go out there and get a win and she just doesn't and doesn't show up or maybe lays an egg. Aaron Blanchfield's just a phenomenal fighter. So, uh, no pause for concern or no cause for concern there. So I think this dog of the week is great. And it's not like we're just throwing a Hail Mary out here this with this one. Not that we do with any of our dogs of the week, but this is one that I think both of us from the jump have felt super confident about. Oh, yeah. um, so I really like this pick a lot. And then finally, if only we can get a parlay to hit. We haven't had a parlay hit in a while, but I feel good about all of them, uh, which is probably I a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. So parlay of the week. Miranda Maverick, we were just talking about her. Who would have thought that she would have ended up in our parlay? Both of us, because she's incredible. Uh, huge favorite, brings a lot of value to a parlay. And she's one of those fighters that, um, you know, if, you're, if your other legs hit, if, if she's at that position in the card, you feel pretty good about her making the walk and coming out there and closing it out for you. Um, so for that reason, I think Miranda Maverick's a solid pick there. Jake, you actually wanted to bring uh, Mario Bautista into this fight, and you saw something on – uh, his career and the career of his opponent this weekend that I didn't even pay attention to. So if you want to walk us through that one, I think you found a really interesting stat there to bring up. Yeah, Bautista has two wins this year alone, his last one being against Brian Kelleher, who is a fantastic fighter in my opinion. That was a tough a tough fight, and he came out with a finish in that fight, which is awesome. Uh, so he's looking for his third win, just 2022. And then we look at his opponent. He hasn't fought since early, early 2019. So it's been about three years since he's fought. Um, when, you're, when you just look at activity like that, Bautista's on a mission this year specifically. I'm sure he has a goal in mind of getting three wins in a year. Um, yeah, this this should be a pretty easy win for him. He's He's been in there. He's been fighting consistently. He's been fighting killers too, Brian Kelleher. So yeah, Mario, Mario Bautista's money line is an easy pick here. And then going on to the next one, we're looking at Sherman Parisian. Fight does not go the distance. I swear to God, if this heavyweight fight goes to distance, like, like th- there's no stats I really have to, to talk about this one other than these are heavyweights. Like, come on, guys. Like, if it doesn't get out of the – if it pretty much stays in the first round or finishes in the first round, good. Anytime those heavyweight fights go to the second, I start to get scared. Yeah, um, well, I- and I think the the reason that, you know, obviously our history of betting heavyweight fights tends to favor the unders or not to go the distance bets, um, which I think are always fun in heavyweight fights because you're literally betting for someone to just get, you know, put to the shadow realm, which is fun. Um, but I think something that's interesting to point out about both Chase Sherman and Josh Parisian are uh, they're both and, and all heavyweights are bulky. I should preface that uh, preface this by saying that. Um, but. The, the, the interesting thing about both of these guys is that they're both bulky heavyweights, but they're also both in shape. So like they have that perfect balance of um, just colossal size, but also the cardio to back it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think sometimes we see in heavyweight fights and it's just the nature of being a heavyweight. I think, um, you know, those two guys will go out there and, and just absolutely slug it out for a round or a round and a half. And then they're both gassed and no one has, um, that knockout power anymore, or, or no one can really put combos together that often lead to knockouts. I think both of these guys possess really good cardio in addition to 
the just the, the ridiculous size. So for that reason, I think this bet makes even more sense. And I love that we put it on our parlay. Um, so really, in my mind, you've got like the way this whole parlay shakes out. You've got two heavy favorites, both of which we feel extremely confident in. And then you've got a heavyweight matchup, not to go the distance. And that heavyweight matchup has all of the uh, pieces of the formula to go into someone getting knocked out. So at plus 122, I think you can feel really confident about putting some money on this one this weekend. I mean, I need it. I, I, I need it. <laughs> I we need it for the brand. So the round bad. six brand needs a parlay to hit. We haven't we hit one in a while, and I've been pretty sore over it. So mm-hmm. we need one to hit here, and I feel pretty good about this one going into Saturday. Uh, but that's that's all for the picks this weekend. I think we've got a lot of fun stuff out there, Jake. You know, and and I think I say this all the time, but you and I, before we hopped on here, both said, "Man, we feel confident about this one this weekend." Um, as is kind of the history for us in, in our last several weeks, which have been kind of ho hum on the picks. But uh, there's no better time to get hot than this weekend, and I think we have a really good chance of doing that with these picks out here. And if it wasn't fun enough after this weekend, we've got in my mind, one of the best matchups of the entire year coming up with Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira. Um, so that whole card stacked too. We might even have to throw, uh, kind of mix it up like we did for UFC 280, uh, where we throw out just a ridiculous amount of picks um, and, and just put a lot of stuff out there just because that feels like the right thing to do for a card like this. I don't, know, what, I don't know about you, but that's that's kind of how I'm feeling. Um, I'm more looking forward to Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler. than It's a hell of a scrap. That's a hell of a scrap. Put Michael Chandler in a fight. I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a great fight, too. And there's just great fights all up and down that card from, from Madison Square Garden. You know, the mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it the fight capital of the world. That's always going to be Vegas to me. But MSG yeah. is a special place, man. Feels like it's one of those places that any combat sporting event happens and, and just wild stuff goes down. So I'm hoping that'll be the case on November 12th. Uh, but we've got a week until then. We've got a, a fight card and a whole slate of bets to get through before then. So we'll get, uh, we'll cross that bridge when the time comes, but I think that's about all we've got for this week, uh, uh, you know, on, on the bets and everything like that. So if you're not already go follow the Instagram at round six pod, go subscribe to the YouTube page. Remember we're on Spotify, all of the, uh, you know, the housekeeping notes that I always throw in there at the end of the the episode, you can go watch every episode and figure out what we're doing anywhere. So, Without further ado, Jake, you got anything else you want to say before this weekend? I do not. Um, to make some money, bet on me. To make some more money doing that. And, That's a good point. That's uh, a good sure. point. Go subscribe to Flow Grappling and uh, catch uh, Jake's fight on Saturday. I'm super excited for it. I'm definitely going to be watching it. So rooting for you big this weekend, my guy. Go out there and represent Fort Worth and Denver, Colorado and Gracie Baja, sure. both of our gym of choice. So really looking forward to watching you this weekend in addition to a great UFC slate. So. There it is. There it is. That a boy. So without further ado, that was another episode of the Round 6 podcast. Number 10. We made it to 10. Y'all probably thought we would never do it, but we did it. We're at 10 episodes and we're still climbing. So until next week, you guys have a good one.